Welcome to another podcast from Planet Shakers Church. For details on campus locations and service times, check out planetshakers.com. Today we've got Pastor Russell Evans speaking on godly ambition versus selfish ambition. Let's dive in. Well, this year is uh, the year where we focus on living in a mindset or an attitude or a heart of humility. And again, let me define humility to you. It's totally dependent upon God in every decision and also walking in obedience and repentance on a daily basis. Who wants to live a life like that? So every year is that, but how many, um, when God, you know, God puts an emphasis on something, how many, uh, like you go to do something and you go, oh yeah, that's right, it's a year of humility. How many, how many have had, you're, you're talking about something and then all of a sudden that give me a wave? Yeah, all the pastors. Yeah, good, very good. Well, we got to look at life through a prism of what God declares over us. And so, oh, you can finish, Nikki. Uh, Nikki's been married for three years. He's just a baby. When when is you when are you having children? Uh, when do you want children? No, when does your wife want children? That's the big question. So let me give you a hint of how to survive and thrive for 30 years of marriage. It's one word, it's called yes. Every time, yes. And, and Sam will go, yeah, whatever. <laughs> she, goes, she goes, if only. No, I'm, I'm a yes and amen guy. You wanna go on a holiday? Yes. You want to have children? Yes. You want to move to Melbourne? Yes. Everything. She's decided everything. And if you believe that, you're very gullible. We do it together. So very cool. Today, I want to speak to you on ambition. Everyone say ambition. And there's two types of ambition. There's godly ambition and there's selfish ambition. In Philippians chapter 2, it says... That's good. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Question mark. Any comfort from His love? Question mark. Any fellowship together in the Holy Spirit? Question mark. And then he asks a question that's really important to live a life of humility, of dependence upon God. Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Question mark. And then he answers, okay, if there's encouragement to belong Christ and comfort in His love and fellowship in the Spirit and your hearts are tender and compassionate, then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, working together with one mind and purpose. That purpose is the Kingdom of God. Don't be selfish. Everyone say, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Everyone say, Humble, thinking of others better than yourself. Now, it's not saying don't think of yourself well. It's just saying make others a priority in your mindset. Because my Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind, all your strength and love others as yourself. So you have to love yourself to really love others. Because if you love, pe- if you love yourself, you love people. I'm not talking about loving yourself. Oh, I'm amazing. Wow, girlfriend. Uh, No, I'm talking about that you have the true understanding of love 
that God made you in His image, that you aren't an accident, you aren't a monkey that got lucky, you didn't come from a big bank, you came from a loving Father and He loves you and designed you with purpose and He looks at you amazing, He looks at you and He says, amazing, amazing, amazing. I remember, and I've used this illustration before, but when Jonathan was born, he, I held him in my arms. Now I can't because he's too big. He's six foot three. Uh, but still my, my strength, psychological strength can take him down any day of the week. He thinks he can beat me, but he doesn't beat me in much because I am superior as a human being. No, I'm humbly speaking. No, just kidding. I remember holding him in my arms and, uh, and all he could do was breathe, sleep and excrete and eat. Eat, sleep and excrete. That's what all he did. He, he didn't go up and play sport outside when he was born. He didn't get in and play the drums and I, oh, what a great drummer you are. And, and you know, and he wasn't the best looking as a kid. Sam thought she, he was, but when he was first born, he, he, she had to have emergency caesarean because his head couldn't come out. And so he had a cone head for a season. It came back into a kingdom order after a little while. Um, I thought he was cute though. And because um, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? Uh, you know, sometimes I'm with people and they go, oh, what a cute baby. I'm like, Um, but then they become very cute after that, I must say. Anyway, I'm holding him in. And I, the first job I ever did was change his tar-poo nappy. It was disgusting. I'm not a really, you know, anyway. So I'm holding him. And he's like, you know, and he's cute. And, and I start crying. I'm like, why am I crying? And I just was so in love with this boy. As I held him in my arm, he couldn't perform. He couldn't say, you're amazing, Dad. He couldn't do anything for me. He just lay in my arms and I was in love with him. And that's God with you. It's not what you do for Him that makes Him love you. It's not how you worship Him that makes Him love you. It's not the, your career that makes Him love you. He just loves you. So you need to love yourself like you lo He loves you and love others like He loves them. Because when you love yourself and others, guess what happens? If I'm comfortable with me, I'm happy to take a back seat. If it's all about me, that, that's not true love, that's, that's ambition, that's not love. And so it says, love others, be humble, thinking of others better. In the Message Bible, it says in Matthew 6, 33, steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all you, uh, all you everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Don't get worked up about what you may or may not have tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Matthew 6.33 in the New Living Translation says, Seek the Kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and He'll give you everything you need. So the very first sin that happens in Scripture, the original sin some people call it, is the sin of ambition. 
which leads to disobedience. You think about, there's uh, Adam and Eve and they're walking in the cool of the evening. They're, they're not getting hot. They're not getting cold. Everything is perfect. They can eat whatever they want, but one tree. Everything they want, but one tree. Everything they want, but one tree. They're walking with God. They're talking with God. They're naked. They're not ashamed of their nakedness. They don't even have to go to the gym. They don't put on carbs. Everything is good. Everything. Then one day Satan comes to Eve and he begins to, try to appeal to her ambition. See, God has created us in, our, in His image to dream, but the devil wants to take our dream to, and God dreams to become selfish ambition. So Satan turns up and he says, it says he was cunning. And he said, has God indeed said that you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Question mark. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of all the trees of the garden, but of the tree, fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God says, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you surely will not die. That's the devil. He goes, that's not gonna happen. For God knows that in the day that you, you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree desirable, ambitious to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate and gave it to her husband as well. So this ambition took her from innocence to now feeling naked, now feeling ashamed, now feeling like exposed. And see the difference between godly ambition and and fleshly ambition. Godly ambition is never about you. Godly ambitions are always about Him. See, when you become, before you're a Christian, you chase your dreams. When you become a Christian, you chase your God of the dream that He gives you. Because He created you in His image to dream, but He created you with a purpose in mind. And so now my pursuit is no longer I that live, but it's you that lives in me. So I pursue you. My ambition is to know you and know your purpose in my life, for my life, my family, my church, my city, to see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. See, amazing thing about ambition it progresses through the following stages. You think about it, when my kids are younger, they wanna be like me or Sam, then they wanna be famous, then they wanna be millionaires, and then they go to an ambition to make enough money to pay the bills, and then their ambition goes to have, hang on long enough to draw a pension. Starts off, I wanna be like Dad, and then I wanna be famous, and the ambitions along the way get challenged whether they're selfish or selfless. Hmm. How are we going here? We're quiet. So what do you need to do with ambition? How do you, how do you can you tell the difference between a God ambition? Because God wants you to dream. God wants you to see and dream with Him. He has a purpose for you in mind. But it, he, how do you know the difference between selfish ambition and godly ambition? How do I do that? Number one, you well, just quickly ins, inspect your ambition. Inspector, what what is this ambition? Secondly, identify what motivates you. Then inspect your heart will help you move to the closer understanding 
or the motivation to pursue your dreams and goal? And there's some questions you need to ask. How do, you, how do your ambitions allow you to serve God and others and bring you joy? How does, I remember um, a guy I, I knew pretty well, he was in my young adult group in Adelaide and he got married and they were a good couple and his ambition, he was very ambitious about making wealth. And you know, you can sit with him, I wanna make wealth for the kingdom and all this. And so one day he comes to me and he says, oh, I've got this job opportunity in China and uh, I think I should take it. And I'm gonna go there for a short time. I'll learn so much money. It will set me up to do everything I wanna do for God. And I remember asking him this question. What church are you gonna go to while you're there? Oh, it will only be a short period of time. We'll be good. How's your family gonna serve God in that period of time? Oh no, it's just a short period of time. So he went with his wife. They had a child over there. And after two years, they came back to Australia. He had a lot of money, but his marriage fell apart. He got lost in his purpose because he was chasing a a selfish ambition instead of a godly ambition. (laughs) How are we going? So we ask, do your ambitions align, allow you to serve God, others and bring you joy? Align your ambition. Pray that God will stir your desires to live according to His will for you. Then you ask, how can I take up my cross daily as I pursue a certain job, career or education? And then you pursue the godly ambition that you have, be the best you can be at your career, education and personal life. As first and foremost, as a disciple of Jesus, do it all for God's glory and honour. You see, when we go to heaven, we can't take our houses and our cars, even though having a nice house and a nice car is nice and having nice holidays and all that. I'm not against any of that. that it, we have a loving dad who wants to bless his children, but he just doesn't want to bless you to keep it to yourself. He wants you to be a blessing to others. And what we can take to heaven is what we did for God on earth and people. So is my, is my ambition that I have in my life aligned with my God purpose. So I'm gonna, we're gonna go through a few things just quickly. First, number one, that was the intro. Now I'm getting into the meat of things. Number one, is your ambition all about you? <laughs> James 3.16 says, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you'll find disorder and every evil practice. One significant indication of godly ambition is where it falls on the spectrum between selfless, selfishness and selflessness. Are you working hard because you wanna help other people or are you working hard because you wanna make yourself look good? What, where are you on the spectrum will tell you what ambition is driving you. Because self-ambition is self-serving. You're only going to act, a selfish person or a self-ambition person, only act based on how it furthers their agenda. This leads to cutting corners and burning bridges because the end goal is always to suit yourself. Selfish ambition isn't godly because it doesn't serve God. It's not always that obvious when our ambitions are selfish. No one wants to believe it that we are actually conceited but we all probably more likely at times to be self-serving than we like to believe. So every time 
you're overcome with ambition and purpose, ask yourself, is this serving someone else, God and others, or just me? And that's why we've got to keep our hearts soft so, because real humility is saying, this isn't my life, this is your life and I want to follow you. I will. I don't even know how it goes. That song called I Will Follow, right? Right. Our job in life is to follow Him. He doesn't follow us, we follow Him. Surely goodness and mercy follows us as we dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So as we pursue Him, goodness and mercy follows us. But our job is to follow His direction for our life. So true humility is saying, God, what do you want? It's not my life. I submit it to you. I surrender to you. Secondly, does your ambition allow you to serve God? Romans 5.12 says, It has always been my ambition to preach the Gospel where Christ was not known. You see, we can serve others and still not be serving God. You can have a good idea, a nice idea. There's plenty of good causes and best intentions out there. But following Christ means to listen to what God wants for us in every season of our lives. We can selflessly put in extra hours in the office to help out our co-worker. But if that comes at the expense of our faith and our serving Jesus or our family, it's probably not God's will. It's an interesting journey if, as I've watched people over the history of a church that I've been in uh, 54 years. And uh, I know some, someone just fell off their chair. They go, whoa, he's 54. Oh, I was convinced he was 34. Amen, I'll prophesy over you later. Um, the blessing of God. I see people come through the kids' ministry and then they... They can't wait to get into youth. And they get in youth and they go, yes, God, whatever you want. And then they get into university. Yes, God, whatever you want. Here I am. I'm yours. Take my life. I'm going to be involved. I'm going to seek you. I'm going to chase after you. And then they get married. And then all of a sudden, um, God, could you wait a minute? We need to build a house. God, wait a minute. We're having kids now. And then they put all their pursuit into their kids' sport, which is, I'm happy with that. Um, and, and their kids' events and they, uh, they're building the house. I'm, I'm good about building houses. And then their kids get to teenage years and all of a sudden they're no longer hungry for the house of God. They're, they're no longer chasing after God and want to be involved. Their kids are backslidden and they come back to church and they say, please help us with our kids. And I'm like, you've modelled serving yourself rather than serving God in His house. Then you want the church to fix everything up. Mm. Very quiet here. You see, God wants to bless you with a house. He wants to bless you with a family. He wants to bless you in your finance. He wants to bless you in your workplace. He wants to bless you. But His method for revival is the church. That's why in this day and age, the church is being criticised and all over every day and age, by the way, because it's the bride of Christ and the devil doesn't like the beauty of God being displayed to the world. Hmm. Just like everyone else, 
It take, everything else, it takes prayer and reading Scripture and listening to others to determine the right direction for your godly ambitions. <laughs> in, along the journey, let me encourage you. Include leaders in your life that love you and want to help you in the way. Don't just turn up and say, God says, because no one can ever talk to that. <laughs> Bring people on a journey. This is what I'm feeling, God, saying, what do you think? Because in the counsel of many, there is wisdom. You're getting something free that the 9.30 didn't get. <laughs> See, there may even be season where God wants you to be less ambitious overall. Perhaps He's building your patience and obedience for something in the future. Overall, it's crucial that we ask ourselves whether or not our ambitions are serving God. When in doubt, slow down and be sure to get the validation from God Himself. Ambitiously pursue Him and the rest starts taking care of itself. Seek first and be ambitious for God's Kingdom and all these things shall be added unto you. Third thing you need to ask is, is there room for humility? Philippians 2, we've read this. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourself. See, ambition can help us get ahead in life. It can accelerate our careers and build influence. It also can develop big egos and delusions of grandeur. Even godly ambition can be, go sour if we don't have the right attitude about the results. So stay dependent, humble, letting Him lead you. Even, even in church life, I'm a competitive person by nature. When I play sport, I wanna win. And even in church life, you can get in this thing, oh, we gotta build this and you get into comparison. What are they doing? What are they? We are all one family, we all one church. Siblings should never be of rivals, they should be encouraging each other. You see, there's not one church's name that saves a sinner. I've never heard anyone call on the name Planet Shakers and be saved. That's a prophetic word for us to shake the planet, but it'd never save anyone. There is only one whose name will save. His name is Jesus. So our ambitious, our ambition is Him and Him alone. It's not about building a name. It's not about building a brand. It's not about building anything. It's about building Him and Him alone. No one, none of us had a star over our manger. I remember when I was with Reinhard Bonnke, one day, the world's greatest evangelist the world's ever seen. And we're talking about they're wanting to make a statue for him to celebrate him and honour him. And he goes, I do not want, he's German, I do not want a statue that says Reinhard Bonnke. What I want is souls, 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 souls. His ambition was to win plunder hell and populate heaven. And when you stand before God, this short life we go through, that what we do for God will get judged in heaven. And I, I just believe that when we get to heaven, if we live with godly ambition, He'll say, well done, you good and faithful servant. You know, so many people wanna be famous. God didn't say, well done, you good and famous servant. He uses people from all walks of life, but He's looking for faithfulness over becoming famous. If your ambition 
has squashed all sense of humility in you. It's likely gone off the rails. You may be highly successful, but no level of accomplishment justifies mistreating others or thinking too highly of ourselves. Remember that none of us above God. Take a look at our attitude towards your ambition. Do you have a healthy, healthy level of humility? Do you ha- have you become too self-absorbed? This is a good indication whether or not you're obeying God. Godly ambition doesn't have an abundance of arrogance or ego. It has an abundance of confidence. Confidence, this is the confidence I have in Him. If I ask anything according to His will, it will be done. Jesus was a confident person, but He wasn't an arrogant person. He wasn't egotistical. So sometimes people think humility is not being confident. No, you can be confident, but do it with humility. When God speaks to you about something, you can be confident that it have, that'll come about. <clears throat> Number four, how are we going? Does your ambition bring you joy? Whatever you do, enthusiast, do it enthusiastically as something done for the Lord and not for men. Colossians 3, 23. The end goal of ambition and work is not our satisfaction. However, that doesn't mean any of it shouldn't be joyless or or hate what we do. God is only concerned concerned, uh, with our life um, but he neither he is concerned with our happiness, but neither does he want us to suffer throughout life. So, in other words, God just wants you to walk according to His will, and if you walk according to His will, you'll have joy, even if there's suffering, even if there's attacks. You'll have joy. You might see people who live in the happiness mentality that they, they, they're happy because they get stuff, and then they're sad because they lose stuff. We're kingdom people aren't worried about self, they're worried about purpose and they're worried about advancing the kingdom and are worried about what the Father in heaven says and they wanna please Jesus. And so there's joy in serving Jesus. <laughs> Jesus says, oh, for the joy set before Him, He endured the cross. So number five, what is the motivation behind your ambition? Ultimately, we need to ask, what the underlying motivation behind what we are doing. Why do you work hard? What drives you? What pushes you to keep going? The answer to these questions are likely complex, but hopefully God is involved in there. Plenty of things can motivate us, providing for our family, gaining influence, helping others, being proud of what you've accomplished. Our internal motivations reveal a great deal about our ambitions. They are the why behind the what. They are the driving force that fuels our ambition. They also are a great way to gauge whether or not you have a godly ambition. What motivates you? Does God factor in the equation? See, your motivations are an indication of your priorities. Take some time to inspect what inspires you. List them out. Do you think these are healthy? Are they moving you toward God or away from God? When appropriately used, godly ambition is a great thing. The opposite is true too. Get a handle on your ambitions to figure out where God wants you to be. My dad, I close with two things. I've heard people say, these are my priorities in life. Keep the play, you can come. These are my priorities in life. God first, family second, career third, hobbies fourth, whatever, right? That's, they put things in order. I don't think it works like that. 
I think God is at the centre of everything. It's like a circle. So it's not God first and then my family. No, it's God's first. He's first in my family. God's first in my finances. God's first in my career. God's first in my hobbies. God's first in my life. He is the centre of everything. It's not, well, I've done the God thing, now my family thing. No, if God's first in your family, your family will be good. <laughs> my dad told me this story about this situation in, in this organisation where there was a guy retiring and the guy was retiring and uh, he was going to retire in two years and the young guy in the organisation wanted to take over. But there was a guy who was younger, wasn't too old, but wasn't too young and, and they felt like there was a transitional period of four years to do. And, and so the, the guy who was retiring said to the younger guy, wait four years and let this guy lead this organisation for four years and then you take over. Well, he'll set it up for you. The young guy was so ambitious to become the leader. He says, I'm not prepared to wait. So he pushed and he became the leader. The problem is in those next four years, all hell broke loose in this organisation. In fact, all hell broke loose um, to him personally. And so he was dealing, dealing with things with him personally that he would never have had to deal with if he wasn't the leader. If he had given the leadership to this man for four years, other man, then he could have walked through this season and not even be touched by it. But because he had ambition to take something quickly, he actually created a problem for the rest of his life. And my dad was telling me that story and he said, Russell, never be ambitious. Just be a God follower. Let your ambition be about Jesus. Let your ambition be about making Him the greatest. Let, let it never be about you. Let it never be about your church. Never let it be about anything else but Him and Him alone. My dad wrote a book called Jesus First. Why did he write that book? Because he, he lived by the rule. It's about Him and Him alone. See, true humility is saying, I no longer live, it's Christ who lives in me. You're the boss. I'm gonna work with you. I'm gonna step out when you tell me to step out. I'm gonna forgive when you tell me to forgive. I'm gonna love when you tell me to love. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do things that you tell me to do. And when you say no, I'll say yes. Wow, wasn't that amazing? And I'm sure it's exactly what you needed to hear right now for what you're going through. Hey, don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms at Planet Shakers. Keep in touch in this season that we're in. And also you can email us or check our website for other details as well.